are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Alyssa. A warm welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here today. And I'm excited to speak to you. And I know you live in Hawaii, so far away, never been there. And now we've just been chatting that, you know, maybe I can come over and visit you. I love, you know, doing this podcast because I get to know so many amazing people. And I'm really fascinated by your story. Uh, having had so much difficulties in your life, trauma, uh, drug addictions, being even kidnapped, uh, being quite big and unhealthy and now looking gorgeous and being the spiritual teacher and thought leader, helping so many people around the world. It's an amazing transformation. And that's what I find so interesting when I'm doing these interviews is those huge transformations that are possible in people and that people can really change. Like, because some people have said, you know, we can change. It is a personality. You have your bad patterns. It's just, you know, set in stone. It's so hard to change. But I see so many pe people change all the time. And I know you have had uh, a near-death experience that really 
change things for you. And I would love to go into that. But before we do that, can you really share a little bit about what happened prior to this near-death experience and what really led up to that experience? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for, thank you for all that. And thank you for asking that question. Cause you know, sometimes I get skipped and I personally don't think you hit rock bottom for no reason. You know, you just don't hit rock bottom for no reason. It's life trying to send you wake ups and warnings. And I get the sense that so many people right now, especially in 2023 are going through some pretty big health crisis and challenges. And so for me, what happened was that I was, like you said, I had had all of these traumas, all of these things that I sort of, you know, my, my childhood upbringing was, you don't really talk about it. You just work harder and maybe you smoke some more cigarettes and drink some more wine, but definitely don't deal with your stuff is what my programming was. And so I, threw myself into work. I worked in corporate America and I really loved what I did. I was a corporate sales trainer for a Fortune 100 company and it was the time of my life. I had so much fun. But, you know, on top of all that, I was having all this trauma. So I was in a really fun job, but I had all this trauma pushed down underneath the hood. And I was working a lot, but I loved it. And then I got a promotion to what I call the gray cubicle of death. And uh, we might have listeners right now listening from inside the gray cubicle of death. It's that corporate office where, you know, you are just stuck and you, it's very competitive. And I went from this job that I really loved to a very high stress, highly competitive environment. And for me, it was the combination of all the trauma that I hadn't dealt with and then compound that with this incredible stress. And it was just a tinderbox, right? It was just an explosion waiting to happen. And I had an explosion. Basically, I was in a high stress environment working on this big sales summit and I got sick and that sickness turned into pneumonia and that pneumonia then turned into a really big autoimmune disease. And that sort of sparked everything off for me. But like you said, you know, it was all this series of trauma and then this overworking pattern that I was in and the universe along the way was inviting me with a series of symptoms to look at things. And I just didn't. And um, ultimately it took a turn for the worse. And I ended up having to leave that corporate job because I was so sick. I couldn't function anymore. And um, ultimately that led me down a rabbit hole into my near-death experience. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I, I think we sometimes, or at least me, I've been also really low in my life, but I've never uh, reached that point with a near-death experience. And, you know, a part of me was like, I wish I had one because then it feels like then it could be so much easier. I get this divine messages and my, I naturally just shift and I transform. But I really think, or do you believe this, that those of you who've had near-death experiences, it's actually in your soul print, uh, in your soul plan that you are going to have it. Do you believe that? I love that you asked me this question. I've never had anybody ask me this question before. So I'll tell you. Hmm. I went to a palm reader when I was in my 20s and she looked at my hand and she said, 
oh my. <laughs> and that's always concerning when a palm reader says, oh my. And she said, um, it looks like when you're 30, you will die or you'll have a chance. Yeah. Or you'll have a chance to come back. She's like, you could live, live a very short life or you could live a very long, happy life. So my belief is, is that we, we script out our lives, but we have several exit points along the way. So we have several places where if we want to, as a human being, we can check out. And I believe that we map out our date and time of birth. I believe we map out our name. Um, I believe that if we don't, if our parents didn't get our name right, oftentimes you feel called to change your name. I believe that we really script a lot of this stuff out. I call it a soul print. And, um, and it's, it comes right down to your handprint, right? So it's imprinted on my palm. And so this palm reader is able to say to me, well, it doesn't look like you're going to make it very long in life. But then I had a choice. Now, with that said, I also have the belief that we get to choose any way along the line if we don't want to learn the lesson to that depth. For example, had I taken proactive measures, because there were people in my life who along the pathway said, hey, have you thought about making some changes in your diet? Hey, have you thought about quitting smoking? Hey, have you thought about getting some therapy? It's not like those things weren't happening. And it wasn't like I didn't have little nudges and kicks and slaps upside the head, right? I had all of that. So I also believe that we have the opportunity to take a higher path that we don't necessarily have to hit rock bottom. It's not, rock bottom is not scripted, but rock bottom is something that one will hit at some point if you don't take the other off ramps. Does that make sense? It's like if you're driving to a specific destination, there's a ton of off ramps you can take you before you get to that destination if you, if you don't want to go all the way. So that's, I, I believe it's not, either or i believe it's a yes and 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 yeah that's my my experience as well that it's often not either or it is and 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 <laughs> and also I, I agree because i think sometimes it's easy to go into that victim mentality i've been there many times myself that well i have this background it's just the way my mind works uh it will never be better uh i get this fear and i freak out because of this that happened to me and we don't see that we can actually put more energy into what we do want and not what we do not want and uh being in that victim mentality is really um, also a comfort zone sometimes. I felt in myself uh, in my 20s when I was really depressed, I felt that, that I sort of stayed there because I didn't dare to believe in something greater in case it didn't happen. Uh, but I think life is really challenging us to dare, daring to believe that there's a higher plan for us, uh, daring to believe that we are so much greater than our small self and our ego is telling us. So yeah, we, I think the universe is really uh, applauding when we are courageous to really take a stand and say, hey, I deserve a, a grander life, a really beautiful life. Um, I want to circle back to uh, you 
being all on all these drugs uh wasn't the case that you were drugged down by doctors yeah so let me let me say and be really clear like we could blame the doctors for it but ultimately what happened was i you know i started out with these symptoms in my gut and my digestion and they're like, hey, you know, this this drug will fix that. This drug is going to make you feel better. So I started taking it. And, you know, the drug did make me feel a little bit better, but it also gave me a whole bunch of other symptoms. And then I started to get sicker and sicker. And the doctors were like, hey, you know, take these drugs. They'll make you feel better. And here's my, my point is I was complicit in not having done any research. I was completely abdicating 100% of my responsibility over to somebody else who I thought had more authority over my body and what was going on with my body than I did. And I didn't know anything about how my body worked. I had no idea that the foods that I ate had anything to do with how I felt. I just, that was so far away from any consciousness that I had. And by the way, it was far away from the doctor's consciousness too. They weren't, you know, making these suggestions like, hey, first step is maybe to clean up your diet and have less sugar and quit smoking. You know, those weren't their first suggestions. It was medication. And so to your point, yes, I received a lot of medication from doctors and I, was, I wasn't turning it away. In fact, and here's it's, it's hard to say this out loud, but I think it's really important for people to hear because when you have trauma, you're looking for something to comfort you, right? You're looking for something to make you feel better and kind of numb you out and looking for the fix to what the problem is. And so on some level, it was very unconscious to me then, and now I can see it very clearly. I was in a situation where I was just searching for the thing that I could take so that I wouldn't have to feel. I was searching for the thing that I could take that I wouldn't have to just feel so awful in my body and have these uncomfortable symptoms and anxiety and depression and pain. And I had no coping mechanisms. So ultimately, I was the one going to the doctor. I, my energy wanted to walk out of that doctor's office with a new prescription. And I really think that that's important because it's, I think it's a big part of the process that no one's really talking about that when you're sick and you don't feel good, there's a part of you. Um, and speaking for myself, when I was in that total victim mode is I wanted somebody to see me as like, oh, you poor thing. Oh, of course you're feeling bad. Oh, you know, let's give you this medicine and let's help you feel better. And that was very soothing to me. So I think to, to, to wrap it up, I think that it was definitely a two-part co-creation of my illness, but I was seeking it. I was seeking those prescriptions out. I was going in with the hope, like, oh God, please find something wrong with me because I feel so broken. And what I tell people now is that it is easier for your body to feel pain and physical discomfort than it is for your body to feel emotional pain and emotional discomfort. And so for me, that was what I believe was really going underneath the hood is my body was trying to express out all this pain and turmoil and trauma 
and I just had no tools to be able to express it. That's very interesting that you said that, that the body is more comfortable with physical pain than emotional pain. It makes a lot of sense. I can recognize that actually. All right. So, okay. Leading into how you died. I mean, uh, did you really die? Like were you clinically dead? Well, you know, I wasn't on a, on the hospital. I was in my bathroom. So all I can account, like there was no monitors to say she's clinically dead. And that's how you get that. You have to be, you know, pronounced. So I wasn't pronounced, but I will tell you that my husband, I was married at the time, found me on the toilet, lips blue, nails blue, not breathing. This side of my face completely had had something happen to it. He thought I had had a stroke, but I basically hadn't had oxygen for a bit of time to go to the state of blue, you know, coldness that I was in. So yeah, it was a, it was a situation. And it's funny because the only reason why I stayed up on that toilet is because we, there was a wall like right here. And so the toilet was right here and I just kind of flopped over on the wall. And, um, but yeah, to, back to your point, you know, I, I think that many people kind of wish that they would hit that rock bottom or have the reboot, but I don't think, you know, I don't think you have to have that. I think it's something that, um, it, it is scripted, but you can, you can choose not to run that script if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm glad I did it in the end. And basically, that's why I'm doing these uh, interviews, you know, to give people hope and see that they can transform too. We can all do that. And I know that in myself, I never thought I would sit here today. So I'm curious before we hear the whole story, uh, were you an atheist before this NBE or were you spiritual uh, oriented? Oh, yeah. Great question. So I grew up in the Christian church. In fact, we did traveling with the church. We did missionaries type stuff. Um, and it was on a mission trip to Thailand that I stopped believing in God as the Christian church teaches, because here I was in front of all these incredible, oh God, these people were incredible. And the pastor that we were with basically said, oh yeah, these people, unless they believe in Jesus are not going to heaven for sure. And I, there was a part of me, I was young at the time I was 12. And I just thought, I can't, I, I refuse to believe in a God like that, right? I refuse. So I sort of washed my hands of religion for a long time, but I still believed in God. I believed in a higher power. I had had several experiences growing up with angels and miraculous things happening that were beyond explanation. Wow. And so I was like, well, I have to believe in something outside of myself. I don't know what to call it, but I'm not calling it by what my religion would call it. And I'm not, and I'm not engaging in some of the ideology, but yes, I very much believed in a cosmic consciousness. All right. So would you like to share, you know, what really happened? You know, why did you die and where did you go? Yes. So what happened to me when I passed is ultimately it was a massive overdose of Western medication. I was on 28 different medications at the time and it was too much. And my ex-husband would tell you I was riding the line between life and death for many days. It was just always kind of on the edge. My breathing was really like shallow and it was just too much for me. So one day it was too much for me and I didn't feel well. I went to the bathroom and woke up dead, literally woke up 
And I realized that I didn't have a body anymore. And many people have that out-of-body experience where they are hovering above the body. And I completely bypassed that. And I think largely due to the amount of drugs I was on when I did pass. And what I can tell you is about near-death experiences is what I understood over there is that everybody gets a near-death or when you die, basically, you get a death experience that is perfectly scripted for you. So if you believe in heaven, you'll see heaven. If you believe that you're going to be met by St. Peter at the pearly gates, that will happen. If you believe you're going to be met by relatives, that will happen. So it's really designed for each individual, um, if you if you are Hindu, you're not going to have a Christian experience. On the other hand, on the other side, you're going to have a Hindu experience. On the other side, because it's designed to make the consciousness that you're taking with you feel really safe and secure. So I I do want to preface that, um, which is I think really comforting because one of the things that we don't teach here in America is we don't teach conscious death process and really the consciousness that you hold when you pass is part of your trajectory. It can determine where you go on the other side. And by the way, there's billions of destinations. So back to what happened for me. So I pop up. I didn't believe in heaven. I didn't believe in the pearly gates. And I had no family that had passed that I knew I was going to meet. So I popped up into God consciousness is what I'll call it or cosmic consciousness. And I, I, I was having the feeling of going up, up, up. And I knew that I did not have a body anymore. I could look, I was looking sort of downward and realizing, oh, I don't have a body. And I felt great about it. It was like taking off the tightest piece of clothing you've ever worn. It was the most physical feeling I've ever had without a body. I could stretch my consciousness in every different direction all at once. And I was going up, 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 up. And there are really no good words to describe the experience that I had, but what I describe it as is if you can imagine a person sitting in front of thousands of security cameras, kind of watching all these security cameras, it was kind of like that, only more bubular, and I could see into billions and billions and billions and billions of these lenses or cameras and I could have the direct experience of whatever that was. So for example, rocks and trees and bees and bugs and dirt and magma and other beings and human beings and all the animals and different planets and different species of different alien species. I had the experience of being able to stretch into each one of those and explore and go. And what I very much felt as I was doing this was that I, the consciousness, wanted to see and feel and understand their experience. But I also remember having the distinct feeling of, I'd like for this thing, whatever it is that I'm seeing through to know itself as consciousness. 
And I didn't have the, it was not a word God up there. It was consciousness to know itself through consciousness, to know itself as me. So it's like there was a, a two-way information stream, but the sense that I got was that most things that I was viewing didn't understand that they are a piece of that consciousness, if that makes any sense. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, okay. So, uh, is there any timing here? What, what sort of happened next after taking all this in? Yeah. Well, the timing's impossible to know, you know, it felt like lifetimes, honestly, it felt like just being able to be in all time. How I describe this is, and it's very hard for the logical mind to understand, but I say, it is a feeling of being everywhere all at once. But that's almost being God. It's yeah, that's what it felt like, 100%. It felt like I felt like I was in that God consciousness and it literally felt like I was everywhere all at once and I could stretch and expand that consciousness if something I wanted to check out further. But it literally felt like that allness. And and I'm talking our universe. I'm talking other universes. Now, I also up there got to see, and this is funny because there's diagrams that actually contradict what I'm about to say. But I got this sight, vision, even though I didn't have eyes on the other side, right? But it's a very physical, energetic sense, like having an energetic, huge body container that you could stretch. If you've ever seen one of those, you know, remember Stretch Armstrong dolls that you could just stretch in every, or a Gumby, right? It felt like that. It felt super physical and stretchy. So anyways, what I saw up there was how light informs sound, informs sacred geometry, informs physical matter. So a lot of the diagrams that are out in the spiritual space actually say sound informs it first. And that was not my experience, actually. And I'm willing to have it wrong. And so it's fine. But I that's how I saw it. So I got to see kind of how the universe is put together at that subatomic particle, light particle, photon particle level. And it was funny when I when I came back into the body, I remember having the feeling of like, oh God, let me keep the math. I wanna, I want <laughs> the math because I understood the math and I could see, feel, sense how it all worked. And I remember just wanting to keep that because my, by the way, I was terrible at math. I actually dropped out of school when I was 15. So I'm, I'm a smart person. I just, school wasn't for me, but math was never my subject. And so, yeah, I, I was like, oh, please let me keep the math. So, but back to the other side, it felt like ages. It felt like such a long time. Now here's the other piece. So uh, here I am, I'm God consciousness. I'm everywhere all at once. I'm seeing all that the universe has to offer. And then I got sidetracked. Okay. I saw this place that looked very much like earth and I thought I should go check that out. 
I was really interested. So I dove all of my consciousness down into this place. And it was, it looked just like earth. It looked just like what we have here, except everything was sort of olive green. The sky was olive green. Everything had this olive green tinge over it. And the first person who I went to check out was my very first boyfriend. And I could see the condo that he lived in. And I could see how it had plants and everything. And he was outside smoking, blah, blah, blah. And I felt very comforted. I felt very soothed. And I realized I was not in my Alyssa body, but I had my sense of Alyssa back. Because when I was up in God consciousness, there really wasn't a sense of Alyssa. It was a huger, broader consciousness. So now I'm back on a similar looking planet to planet earth. I can't talk to anybody, but I can hang around people and I kind of draw on their energy and it feels refreshing and it feels restoring and it feels healing. And I didn't find out till years later what this actually was. I was reading a book by Savannah Arienta called Frequency. And she described where I was at to a T. She calls it the astral plane. It's where spirits go that died from traumatic event, suicide, or drug overdose. And when I was in this plane, at one point, a group consciousness came to me and said, hey, you know, you can stay here as long as you want. It's going to be a very healing place for you. But if you go back, you have to come back now. If you want to keep the Alyssa body, you have to come back now. And we'll tell you that it's going to be a very hard journey. It'll be the hardest work you've ever done, but it'll be worth it. And instantly I thought yes. And then that is when I woke up and it was literally like someone dropped me off of a thousand foot building and just slammed my body into concrete. It was such a vibrational dissonance and hard to get back into the body. It felt like a thud. It felt like I weighed a thousand pounds and it was, it was really intense. You know, I woke up, I'm gasping for breathing air, right? Cause they had just on the other side, they had just injected me with Narcan and they just blocked all of my drug receptors. So I'm having a big wake up. Wow. <laughs> there is so many questions I have and it's such an amazing NDE I find. It's it, it's a bit different than a lot of people have. It's not a tunnel. It seems like you didn't have a life review either. No, I didn't have a life review. And I, I tend to wonder if I either wasn't there yet um, in the process, you know, okay, or right. Right. I wonder if I wasn't there yet in the process, because I tend to think if you if you die of a major trauma or of a, a drug overdose, especially there's a part of your consciousness that's drugged right when you go. And so I tend to think that affects the other side. Right. I tend to think that the consciousness you hold here affects where you go there. And so that's why I think I went to the astral plane and I I would likely have been one of those stuck souls that, you know, go to the astral plane and just kind of hang out there until they move onward. Right. Let's address that one first, because I, I found it interesting that you said that uh, and a bit scary because, you know, I don't know how I'm going to die. You know, if I get a brick in my head, then it's over. Uh, mm -hmm. So then I, I don't have th uh, 
time to think. Uh, if something horrible happens, um, then I might have a lot of fear right before I die. And uh, I mean, I'm not really in control of that. And I'm speaking generally, we're not really in control of that. So it seems like a bit unfair that then we're going to have a difficult ex or transition. Well, I would argue that you're, you are more in control of it. So I would argue that your consciousness now is one that's powerful enough that if something did happen, that was traumatic. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That you would bring forward your now consciousness all right. Right. I, what I think is that people who are not conscious at all in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, they're walking around in a body, but they are not really in tune with their spiritual self, right? Cause you're very in tune with your spiritual self. And I was not at the time I had no attunement to myself as a spirit. Yes. I believed in something, but I was completely checked out of any spiritual practice. I was checked out of even thinking of myself as a spiritual person. I was totally ego. I was told, you know what I'm saying? So I believe that if you are doing the work, if you are, you know, doing the work to be your in-tune spiritual self, I think that actually transcends with you. But I think if you're not doing the work, I think it is those folks that get stuck. I think it is, you know, because the universe, what my experience was, the universe is a very smart machine. Like you don't really want something with not a lot of consciousness moving on to a stage where it can wreak a lot of havoc, right? It's one of the big things that we're here on planet earth to figure out. We're here to learn how to have love. The universe is an, a love machine. And so we're here to, as a soul, be sure that we know how to lead with love. We're here to learn how to create. And here on the earth plane, there's a long time delay between what we're manifesting or creating versus how it comes in. And in fact, that time delay has been speeding up for people. So we speak the words and then it happens faster and faster. But we're here to learn that lesson because on the other side, there's no time delay, right? You can have a thought and it happens instantaneously. Just like I had that thought of, yes, I do want to go back. And bam, instantaneously, I was back in my body. So if we can remember that our consciousness 
that we have here informs the other side. And on the other side, there's so many more destinations to go to. But to go to those destinations, you have to graduate third grade. And that's what I believe Earth is. We're in third grade here. It's not a very high grade that we're in. Okay. You know, no offense to all us humans. I'm here too. But How many grades are there? <laughs> infinite. There's infinite grades. And so the thing that I think is really important to remember is we're learning base ideas here. We're learning how to be loving. We're here to learn how to not be service to self, right? We're here to learn how to be in service. We're here to learn how to work with matter and energy. And most people don't know, you know, they don't know how to work with matter and energy. They, they're still thinking, you know, their, their identity is their physical body. They're thinking not much happens that they can control in life, that they can't really work with their circumstances. And I really believe that that's one of the big things that we're learning to do is that, yes, we do have infinite possibilities down here. No, it doesn't have to be as hard as it might seem. You can make different choices but it does require people to be super conscious. It requires you to tap into levels of energy and frequency that at least in the Western world, we have not been trained. Hindus actually have an easier time with this. They actually work with energy all the time. They teach their kiddos how to remote view and how to read books from another room. But we don't really do that in English-speaking countries, English and Spanish-speaking countries. We really don't do much of that. That is very true. Uh, and I, but I think there's a great awakening happening. I feel like it's just booming with people being interested in this. Uh, I have to jump back to your experience. Uh, you talked about another universe and I'm, you know, I dig those Netflix series about the multiverse. I love all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I got really curious. Did you travel to a multiverse? Did you see another universe? And what does that mean? Is that other versions of us? I just spoke to Jude Caravan and we spoke if you know, is that really possible from a scientific uh, point of view? Uh, but it's interesting to hear what you actually experienced. Yes. So my experience was that there are multi, 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 multi universes. My experience also of God consciousness was that there was something even bigger than that, that I hadn't gotten into. Like there was a God consciousness of this universe and God consciousnesses of other universes, right? So I got to see and feel all of that. It's, I think, more vast than anything that we could possibly know as human beings. We certainly don't have the scientific equipment to check all of it out, but I, I feel that just based on what I saw on the other side, that we only just know like the tip of the needle head of what we're dealing with. And that, yes, there are other versions of you out there. Absolutely. In those infinite possibility loops, my, my other big aha over there was that time's happening all at once. There is no past, present, future, which is so cool to know that because we can 
affect the past. We literally can time travel and we can change the future if we know how to. And it's really profound when I do this work with clients or lead groups through this, people will have these profound found transformations in their life where one day a relationship wasn't working out and the next day they're in a totally different space. Or one day their career's off in a ditch and the next week they you know, had a whole new opportunity to come in and they're traveling to Spain and they're living their life's dream. And it's because we heal up those rifts in the timeline. We heal up those places that have unhealed parts and we can work with that quantum time. And so to your question, yes, I do believe there's multi, 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 multiverses. Um, some of them very similar to ours, some of them very different, some of them total polar opposites, um, and some of them like every little sliver of difference in between and some that have totally different beings. I mean, light beings with bodies still and cool, weird species of, <laughs> of, you know, not humanoid because we, the human likes to make everything like a human, <laughs> not at all like that, but really cool, incredible species of highly advanced beings. Wow, it's just so amazing because I mean, even this universe is so big, I can't understand it. Even a galaxy is just mind blowing. And then you're talking about other universes, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's really awesome. I, it's just so magical. Uh, did you, I mean, you, you changed after you came back. So was it the whole experience that just transformed everything or was it sort of like, did you get a message from this consciousness about you, like about your life as Alyssa? Yeah, well, I do want to mention that I did come back, everything did change, but it took me about five years to integrate the near-death experience. And it was a slow process. You know, you got to remember, I was 240 pounds. I used a walker to get around. I had to wear diapers. I had a pick line in my arm. You know, there was a lot of like physical things that had to happen. I was totally addicted to the worst pain medication, fentanyl suckers that can kill you if you just pick one up with your hand. I mean, we had signs all over the house for my care worker saying, don't touch these things. They can kill you. So, you know, there was a lot I had to unpeel, but I came back and yes, I got messages. I got direct instructions on what I needed to do. I, yes. I got um, one of the very first things when the very next day, you know, they put me right back in the hospital after I was in the hospital getting, you know, undead. <laughs> I, they put me in the hospital to go back through the treatment protocol that I was on with the doctor that I was working with almost the very next day. And I remember sitting in the infusion chair and this man's voice came in. And um, I found out years later who's this, who this man's voice was, but he just said on repeat a thousand times or more that day, I'm getting better and better every day in every way. I'm getting better and better every day in every way. And I happened to hear an interview and it was a man by the name of Emile Couillet. And he is an early, I think, 1920s new thought writer. And he's long since passed and I'm just hearing his voice in my head all day long, like can't get the voice out of there. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, did I get brain damaged up there? You know, what's, what's happened to me really? And so 
Um, so that was the first piece. And then I heard very quickly, you need to work with sound frequency. I need to find and work with sound frequency. And so I got a, you know, I started to search and call in my resources and ask for, you know, how, I don't even know what sound frequency is other than what I saw on the other side, but that's not useful. Like I need something I can plug my earphones into and listen to. So I found some people that did sound frequency. And so I literally just started laying on my bed because that's really all I could do and meditating to sound frequency. And, um, I started to get better. You know, I started to be able to get myself up and be motivated to walk. And I would literally take my walker and walk from my driveway to the end of the street. And then the next week I would add my driveway, end of the street and a house because I lived out in the country. So it was a little bit of a walk. And I just kept doing that. And then once I was able to walk and get a little bit more mobile, my husband took me to a uh, bookstore. And I really couldn't read so much. The words would sort of swim around on the page. And I went to the audiobooks section and this audiobook flew off the shelf as if someone had just pushed it off. And it was one of Wayne Dyer's books. And I believe it was, um, it was either the secrets of success or inner peace or um, oh, I'm seeing it as a blue one. But regardless, I would, whichever one it was, because now I've read all of his books. Um, I put it at the time I had a portable CD player, right? It was 2005, put the CDs in my CD player and I would just listen to Wayne's voice. And there was something really healing about the frequency of his voice. And so that's one of my biggest things that I do now with clients and, and I help people with is helping them tap into the frequency of their own voice and finding other voices that will actually infuse and inform their cells because our cells remember, are informed by sound frequency. And there's a lot of research around this. There's a whole study of cymatics that shows how we can use sound to shift and change shapes of things. And literally, you can make a crowd of people go crazy with the sound, and you can also turn them into bundles of love. So for me, it was about figuring out these sound frequencies to use on my body to help my body to naturally heal. And then, I also did hire a health coach and her name was Shelly. And I remember looking at Shelly the first day I met her and I thought, gracious, you know, whatever this woman's doing, I want. And she was older than me by about 10 years, but she had this sparkle and this glow and this light that was coming from within. And I thought, whatever this woman tells me to do, I'm going to do it. And so I basically started doing whatever she would tell me to do. And I started juicing and doing smoothies and I took gluten and dairy out of my diet and lo and behold, you know, I started really feeling better. And you might be surprised to know that this whole time I'm still smoking. I was still a two pack a day smoker. And I finally got to the point where my identity could no longer hold being a smoker. It was just such a disconnect that I quit the smoking. It was a relatively easy process before then for years, you know, I'd quit every Friday, whether I needed to or not, and then be smoking by Saturday, right? I'd throw the cigarettes away on Friday night and wake up on Saturday morning. I'd be smoking again. I could just never do it. But this time it was different. And I think that's because I was changing my internal frequency. So, you know, to your point, I didn't just wake up overnight and was healed. I had to put in a lot of long, hard hours and a lot of work 
But I also think that's a gift because in my experience, when it comes to healing, consistency and repetition matter. It really, really matters. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense that uh, you don't come back from an NDE and then everything is great and perfect and fine. Even though that has happened with people like Anita Murjani, who I've interviewed a couple of times, uh, her cancer just disappeared, you know, miraculously. So that is possible also. It seems like everything is possible, to be honest. (laughs) That's the thing. Everything is possible. I I really do. I walked away from that experience really believing that everything is possible and really whatever that you want is possible. Yeah, I would love to hear a little bit about now what your main message is. Uh, you come across as this really empowered person uh, living a magical life and you talk about living a magical life and you are so full of light. You know, I can't even imagine where you were before. So um, did tell, tell us a little bit about how this sort of grew in you to become the spiritual teacher you are today and what your main message is. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, when I was working at this Fortune 100 company, I spoke for a living. So speaking is something that comes naturally to me. But I, I always felt like from childhood that I was going to help empower people somehow. I just didn't know how. Um, so I think to, to our earlier point, that's always been in my plan somehow is to be this person who can empower and to inspire. And so I recognized, you know, through the course of reading books and, and listening to other people's stories that I didn't go through what I went through for no purpose, you know, and, and I think when you break into a million pieces and you're trying to get your life back together, there's also a part of yourself that's like, I need to find some purpose for this horrific thing that I went through. And I think that's part of the healing process. So for me, it was just a natural progression that I realized I I love to empower people and I've had this really empowering story. And one of the things that I feel that's really important is that there's really nothing special about me. I mean, look, I'm a high school dropout. There's nothing special about my breeding. I didn't go to a special college. I'm not a multimillionaire, you know, I, just on and on and on. And yes, I did have a near-death experience, but I feel like I didn't necessarily have to. Had I started doing the work earlier, I could have totally negated that whole experience. And so my my goal with telling that to people is that if you are in a place where you're hurting or if you're in a place where like things are crumbling down around you, which to your point, we are going through a massive wake-up cycle. I've been told from my guidance team that we're going to have about a billion people waking up between now and 2024. That's a huge number. And I always question like, how can that be? Right? Yeah. I know. How can that be? Yes. Oh, man. Isn't that going to shift everything? I think everything's already shifting. Hmm. I already, I can feel it. And yes, it is to shift everything. And, you know, this time has been well scripted out by many wisdom traditions have talked about this time on planet is when we shift from a service to self, you know, polarized human dimension to a service to others, not as polarized 
and more peaceful, joyful beings learning to live in more harmony and coming back to nature. So I do, I, I question the guidance, you know, when they tell me big numbers like that, I'm like, oh guys, I don't know if I can go on record with saying that, but I actually see it. And I see more and more people getting invited into those moments. And here's the thing I think is really important. Awakening, the catalyst to awakening is hard stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The catalyst to awakening is the hard stuff. However, I don't believe you have to hit rock bottom. Rock bottom is a choice that most people make unconsciously. So again, I want to repeat, rock bottom is a choice that most people make unconsciously because this lifetime is our healing lifetime. You, you stand the best chance in this lifetime of healing all this past stuff and really getting like this next level soul evolution in this one right now. If you're listening to that, this is your chance. So the knowledge of like, oh, am I feeling called to clean up my diet? Oh, am I feeling called to like rekindle my relationship? Am I feeling inspired to do something? If you are, be proactive. You don't have to take the brick up against the head. You do not. That is an unconscious choice. When we're being unconscious, we're, we keep getting the pushes, 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 and it will force us all the way down to have that total breaking moment. But people don't need it. It's not a prerequisite to waking up. You do not have to hit rock bottom. You can choose wake up sooner. Wow. Powerful. Um, who are you uh, collaborating with or connecting with when you are saying your guides? Yeah. So on the other side, I have my divine light team is what I call them, my divine consciousness light team. And um, it's really you know, it's, it's hard to understand. It's more of a group, big group consciousness, like a God consciousness energy. It's a big energy. It's, um, it's not one that tends to like speak words. It's blocks of thought and it's blocks of large chunks of information. So it's not like I'm channeling Archangel Michael or any of that. It's like a bigger, you know, consciousness of divine group energy. How, how uh, teachers and thought leaders are, are channeling or and connecting to so many different beings <laughs> in my mind i'm like why isn't it there just a couple of archangels and the ets but there are so many different beings which makes sense uh really i mean when the universe is that vast right yeah. and what's really cool in my experience up there is you're all of it mm. you're all of it and that's why teachers can connect in at whatever level that they choose, right? You can connect in just a couple levels up and connect with maybe a more individuated being, right? Like Archangel Michael's more individuated energy, right? Or you could connect up past that level and connect in with maybe like the Galactic Federation, right? A more... Uh, non-individuated energy. So what's really cool though is on the other side, what I very much felt like is at some point you are all of it. That's awesome. <laughs> but I do like the individuated version of myself as well. Yeah. You know, it, it is that notion of I don't want to disappear uh, and become everything because then I'm not Yannick anymore. But I assume that that was just awesome. Like you experienced it because then you are everything. So 
but I can't just imagine it. And a lot of people have been scared. Um, I've seen like in comments of, I don't like this notion of oneness, you know, because then I'll lose myself. But I, I think it's just so hard for us to understand what oneness really is when we're so separate. Yes. And I think that it is a, you know, it's a very human thing to want to be separate, right? It's a very human thing to want to think of, I'm over here and you're over there. Okay. I'm not one with that plant. That plant is clearly on the other side of the room. And I think oneness has a lot of misconceptions around it. You know, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what oneness really means. And so for me, part of this is like teaching people how to understand what oneness is. And if I could just say one of the first baby steps to oneness that we'll have here on planet is being psychically connected to all, which means learning to manage yourself. It means learning to manage your thoughts and your emotions and what we're having with people. Because I can tell you just coming back, like all my psychic skills got turned on. Every single one of them got turned up to like max dial, right? And so I'm someone who, if somebody's thinking about me, I literally can hear their exact words. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. People and should be careful. <laughs> It's problematic for me at times because I'll be right because I'll be sleeping and I'll I'll literally have you know I'll be like the the person will be talking to me and I'll wake up and there'll be some indication like I'll have like my private clients will have just been texting me or or sending me a voice message and I just heard it in my dream. All right. So what we have to remember as human beings and most of the planet's not here yet, right? Most of the planet's still evolving through this but on some level we feel each other on some level you can feel when your best friend's not happy with you you know you can feel her she's upset with you in some way and uh you know that right yeah. and so you're feeling it yeah so one of the things that we're working on graduating third grade is to be able to peacefully work through our emotions without, and here's the big key, blaming the other, because that's what we've been doing for lifetimes, right? We've been blaming the other person, the other thing, the other circumstance, whatever it is outside of ourselves, not going, how did I create this? How did I contribute to the energy of this? What, what can I take responsibility for in myself right now, not blaming myself, right? Like literally not blaming myself, but going forward, right? Not living in the past, going forward. How can I ensure that my energy is such that I have different experiences? You know, if I'm constantly uh, feeling like my family doesn't appreciate me and uh, they don't understand how hard I work, well, what am I doing to set up the construct of that? Like, what am I doing internally to set up the construct of my life so that my family doesn't appreciate me, so that it feels like I have to constantly overwork? What programs am I running so that this is my experience? And that's what I teach people is let's look at the what you're experiencing and let's then pop open the hood and look at the programs that are happening because we are mostly 
in these human bodies a result of bad programming. And I feel like that's this lifetime. We're here to unprogram some of this bad programming, this junk program that we've had, and we're, we can really rewire it. And the cool thing is it can be faster than you think. So much great news here. Uh, last question for you, Alyssa. What, from your perspective, is the meaning of life? I think to expand consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in this human life, that's like all life, like all life everywhere. But I think in this human life too. Sorry, I'm trying to like, oh, wait, as a human. Yeah, right. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> multidimensional consciousness um as a human i also think it's to hold love yeah beautiful thank you for all your wisdom there's so much here uh we could have gone you know i can basically sit here and speak with you for hours um and at the same time i feel like there was so much things that we can practice already in this interview you know with especially that bridge between going from this victim mentality that I spoke a little bit about and that you also address now to this empowerment, to taking responsibility for our lives. That's a big step. And it's like a whoa when you realize that you've been kind of in this victim mentality and mm -hmm. finally start to take responsibility. That was like a big thing for me. Uh, and I'm not totally there yet, but I'm working with it. But it's so important. And that's where we really start to grow. Yes. And really, you can just ask. It's so easy. You can literally take out a piece of paper for you who are listening and just write down, like, what are the circumstances of your life that you don't like? Okay, let's start there. Um, and let's look at those and then ask yourself, what would I have to believe about myself, about life? What would I, what's the program, right? Taking, taking your personality self out, like what's the program that's running in order for me to have this going on? And when you start to look underneath the hood, you'll find it. I promise you'll journal it out and be like, oh, wow. I didn't realize I, me was creating this whole scenario for me to feel unloved. Oh, wow. I'm showing up in my relationships as a person unconsciously so that I can't receive love. And then once you know that, then you can start to work with that energy and you can start to alchemize it. And you can, I believe you're here to have beautiful relationships and a delicious, magical life. And I tell you why I know that because I've gone from a non-magical, fairly gnarly existence to a very magical, literally magic every day, synchronicities and beautiful abundance and God, just like, wow, what? This is my life. But it's because I went in and unprogrammed the programs. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for your wonderful work and showing up on the show and being a guest uh, and for being here. Oh my gosh. It's been such a pleasure being with you. Thank you for having me. 
you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.